This is Saving Grace, Living in the Light of God's Love, a broadcast ministry of Grace Center for Spiritual Development and Grace School of Theology, a seminary to the world, committed to the truth of Scripture and life application through the lens of grace. And now, our program. Hello, I'm Carmen Pate, and I'm your host for today's program. You know, when we consider issues in our culture that have grieved our Lord throughout history, one that must be at the top of his list is racism. Our guest today will make the case that grace is the needed antidote, and the church, the body of Christ, must be the messenger that delivers this healing balm. Our topic today is A Grace That Mitigates, found in the book that we've been discussing over several weeks now, Living by Grace. Our guest who wrote this particular chapter is going to guide us through this difficult uh, topic today. Dr. Mark Haywood, or Dean, as all who know him lovingly address him, is the founder and pastor emeritus of God's Household of Faith in Houston, Texas. Additionally, he serves as the provost for Grace School of Theology. He also is professor of hermeneutics, expository preaching, and Bible exposition courses at Grace, teaching students around the world about God's grace and love. Welcome, Dean Haywood, to Saving Grace. Thank you for having me. Oh, I've so looked forward to this really important conversation. And I have been praying that it will be received as I know we intend and as God would would desire. You know, as you point out, as a matter of fact, in your chapter, Grace That Mitigates, uh, even this program is not meant to indict or blame or embarrass anyone but rather to expose the, the uh, political, excuse me, to expose the biblical perspective yes, yes. so that believers can really be aware sure. of what's going on sure. and how we are to respond right. with grace in all of our relationships. That's right. Right? Mm-hmm. So if you would to get us started, I loved the story that you shared from the get-go about your dad, yeah. a black man raised in the segregated South yeah. under state-sponsored racism, yes. he demonstrated grace, and he taught you to do the same. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Carmen, my, uh, my dad is the most godly man I've ever met. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he brought that, that uh, godly wisdom to his household and all of his kids. And uh, he would regularly quote the golden rule, you know, mm-hmm. Matthew seven twelve, yeah. uh, do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. And, and he expected uh, all of us to, to do the same. And, you know, I watched him uh, over the years um, in very, very difficult situations, but yet he always managed to extend grace to everybody. Mm-hmm. And he expected that to go from his generation to our generation, from our generation that would follow. Um, and that's just how he lived. He always extended grace regardless of um, race, creed, color. It didn't matter to him. Um, he felt like uh, as a Christian, that was his uh, biblical mandate. And he was mm. um, not only uh, devoted, but passionate about doing that. Mm, I love that. And obviously that has passed on Amen. from generation to generation Amen. in your family, hasn't Amen. it? Yes, it has. So it shows you yes. that is key. Absolutely. That is the antidote Absolutely. that is needed in every family. Yes. Every indeed. family. Indeed. Oh, my goodness. 
Well, the assertion that really is confirmed in Scripture is that racism is a sin. Yes. And it will exist as long as sin exists. And that is heartbreaking. That is. is heartbreaking. But though it can't be eradicated, it can be mitigated by grace. So let's start our discussion with some terms uh, that we need to understand and beginning with the word grace. Sure, sure. Yeah, grace is one of those words, uh, you know, a few phrases come to mind, unmerited favor, or it's just bestowing upon somebody uh, some kind of goodness, goodwill that they don't deserve. And mm-hmm. so it's not so much based on the recipient of it, but it's the character and the nature yes. nature of the one that is dispatching it to that individual. Mm. And we don't deserve anything, do oh, we? No. Death. Yes, <laughs> You know, yes. wages of sin is death, so we deserve yes. death, but God has been so gracious to oh, us. Wow. And he expects us to pass that grace along of from people to people, sure. Oh, of course he does. Well, because we have free will, God certainly does not coerce Christians to practice grace. That's right. <laughs> but he certainly prepares the way Absolutely. for us to, for if we desire to please him That's and right. we desire to uh, bring reconciliation to this world, he does prepare a way. And, you know, he did share a beautiful parable, Christ did, uh, in teaching us that grace transcends ethnicity. In the story of the Good Samaritan, yes, uh, if you will remind us of the ethnic issues that were in that day, in that situation, in that story, and how grace did in fact overcome. Sure, I think you know, in order to really kind of understand the dynamics of uh, the Good Samaritan story, you really have to go all the way back to uh, 722 BC. Um, if you remember, Israel started out as a united nation under um, uh, Saul, David, and Solomon. But of course, when Solomon began to support his foreign wives in their um, worshiping of idol gods, God said he was gonna split the the kingdom, but he said he wasn't gonna do it under Solomon because of his dad, David. But he uh, did do it under Rehoboam, Solomon's son. And so what happened was uh, 10 tribes went to the north uh, and they called them Israel from that point on. Mm -hmm. And then two tribes, Judah and Benjamin, to the south, and they called them Judah from that point on. Mm-hmm. Well, Israel um, did not want to, in the north, come down and worship because they were worried that they would get uh, uh, this great sentiment and they want to get back together. So they started worshiping up in the north, and God sent judgment on them for them to go into what we call Assyrian captivity in 722 B.C. And uh, they never came out as a sovereign nation, but Mm -hmm. they intermarried and became Samaritans. Mm. And so there was this great hatred or this enmity, if you will, Mm. between Judah or the Jewish people and the Samaritans. And so now you have this story that Jesus knows that these folk that he's talking to understand um, this this uh, ethnic divide, so to speak. Right. And so he talks about this man that's on this journey from uh, Jer- from Jerusalem to Jericho, mm-hmm. about a seven, 17 mile journey or so, uh, and he gets robbed and he's beaten and left for dead. 
And so now let's assume for conversation's sake yeah. that the man is a Jewish man, mm -hmm. all right? Mm -hmm. um, and even even though the text doesn't say it, but the context yeah. kind of leads you to believe that. Right. So let's just say for conversation's sake, he's Jewish. So now you have a priest coming along. Right. Priest is Jewish, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. He goes on to the other side of the road and passes him by, shows no love, shows no mercy, shows no compassion. And you would think a priest, oh yeah, he's going to, Render oh, yeah, aid, absolutely, you, know. you think. But he didn't. And then Jesus talks about the uh, the Levite that comes along. Mm -hmm. Well, the Levites were assistants to the priests, so they had to be Jewish. Yes. So another one that sees his countrymen, but yet passes him by, does not render aid. But now you got the Samaritan. Now, with the with the backdrop or the context that I already mm -hmm. gave you mm -hmm. of this enmity with the Samaritans and the Jews, now you got this Samaritan who is the least likely. The other two were most likely. You expected them to Absolutely. help and not the Samaritan. Absolutely. But now you got the least likely one to act regardless of ethnicity, regardless of religion, and he renders aid to this particular individual. And so the question is, you know, who is your neighbor, as Jesus puts it? And of course, the obvious answer is, you know, the one that rendered aid, the one that showed mercy. Yes. And I think the yes. point of the passage is, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of uh, religious persuasion, um, we are to show mercy or ought, we ought to show compassion um, to one another regardless oh, yes. of those other things. And so I think it, this certainly has this flavor of, of how we should extend grace, uh, compassion, mercy to uh, not only the people that look like us, yes. but the people that don't. Absolutely, and you know, and Christ himself set the example Absolutely. with the Samaritan woman at the well, Perfect right? Perfect example, that's yeah. right, John and 4, we see that. She yeah. was she was shocked Absolutely. That, that he would want to help her. And her words, you know, yeah. uh, gave her away, because she said, how can you, being yeah. a Jew, have anything to, to do with a Samaritan like me. You and a woman. me for some, some drink. And a woman. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, you, you're absolutely right. Jesus was the mm. the uh, par excellence uh, individual to show that. Oh, amen. And and if we had only have learned then. Yeah. And learned from that all these years. Amen. Well, a term we've already been using in this program but must also be defined is sure. the term racism. Sure. Uh, how are we as believers to understand its meaning and its offense to God? Yeah. Yeah, racism is one of those things where people uh, feel that there's an inherent uh, superiority and an inherent inferiority and that they could act accordingly and either dominate another group of people, oppress another group of people, uh, or even abuse another group of people. And so that's what racism really is in a nutshell. I think it stems, you know, obviously it's a sin as we said, but a lot of it stems from the sin of pride, uh, the sin of selfishness, um, and uh, and so again, it's an offense to God. Every you know, I was in a uh, discussion with one of my friends years ago, and he said every sin is either a lack of love for God, a lack of love for people, or both. Boy, that's true. It is. That is absolutely it in a nutshell. It is. <laughs> wow. Hmm. Well, you write that many racist practices are born out of fear and ignorance, yes. and I, I really pondered on that because you're, you know, it's it's absolutely true, and <clears throat> you share an example of Pharaoh. Sure, sure. In Exodus one, uh, that was his issue, wasn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah. No question about it. So, follow. Tell us again how 
uh, how that was his issue, and then even how even today we bring fear and ignorant, ignorance into that the issue yeah. of racism. Yeah, with Farrell, <laughs> um, if you remember, you know, before this new Farrell came on the scene, Joseph, you know, was I mean, it's really a, a, a miraculous story where Joseph literally goes from the pit to the palace. <laughs> Absolutely, you know? he did. Uh, and <laughs> you know, it. he was a dreamer, uh -huh. uh, and his dreams brought uh, really. Um, the ability for uh, Egypt to survive during some tough times. Yeah. And so they promoted him, you know, uh, to the second highest position in the land, which mm -hmm. is just remarkable. Oh, He's a Jew is. going to Egypt and being promoted that high up. Um, all of the Lord. Yeah, <laughs> nothing but God. Yeah. God's fingerprints are all over uh -huh. that. And, um, uh, and so uh, once, once Joseph died, this new Pharaoh, Exodus chapter 1, Joseph dies in, in Genesis 50, and uh, this new Pharaoh in Exodus chapter 1 comes on the scene, and he is the classic uh, individual that is using fear and ignorance to uh, color his to use a pun, color his uh, decisions. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. what he does is mm -hmm. first, his ignorance is that he wasn't aware of Joseph. The text says mm -hmm. this new Pharaoh came who yeah. did not know Joseph. So that was one set of ignorance. But, but to add insult to injury, he didn't understand or know the impact that Joseph had on, on sparing yeah. that nation because he may not have even been a Pharaoh had Joseph not done what he did. Exactly. And so that's the ignorance of it all. Mm -hmm. And then mm. the fear part is, you know, uh, the Jewish uh, population was growing rapidly. They were making babies, you know, really, really quickly. Uh, and so he feared that they would um, be a larger population, join the enemy army uh, and mm. come against them. And so he's operating on what might happen or what could happen, but not what was happening. Mm. And so he mm. completely forgot both history. Uh, but then he was looking even to the future with, I think, the inappropriate paradigm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And do you still f see fear and ignorance playing a role I see today? it all the time. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. it, what, what um, it, I, I guess it's, it's a uh, good situation and a bad situation. What I mean by that is the bad situation is people operate out of fear and ignorance. The mm -hmm. good situation is I've seen seen people where once they know this person or get to know this person oh, and yes. the fear just seems to dissipate you yes, know because yes. they're operating on you know prejudice or stereotypes but once they get to understand mm. and know the individual all of those things seem to to peel away in in many cases i won't say all cases but in many cases i see that happening yes. uh, and so um, you know, our job is to continue to minister to people right. and to show people the love. Yes. Uh, and love has a tendency, love and grace has a tendency to melt a lot of uh, negativity. Oh, it does. Yeah. And I think building more bridges, tearing down walls yes. where we are sitting down together yes. and communicating one-on-one, -on -one, going Absolutely. to dinner together, inviting Absolutely. people over to your home, going to church with one another. There's, there's, that's where you fall in love with people. Absolutely. And and Absolutely. And, and I think and then you don't you don't see That's right. all of those differences. That's right. You see all the many things you have in common, That's don't right. you? Oh, I, I've I've had the uh, the pleasure of uh, always being you know since I've been in high school pretty much a multi ethnic uh, environment mm -hmm. and uh, and I've watched people who had to pray together. 
and you know you have to pray with somebody or pray for somebody uh, boy that eliminates a lot of ignorance and a lot of fear that's for sure mm -hmm. that's why it's important to pray with your spouse at home amen. right amen <laughs> absolutely that's exactly right yes, absolutely yes. Uh, well there's other terms obviously sure. that that we hear like prejudice and big, bigotry and discrimination and maybe we need to clarify those terms as yeah. well dr haywood yeah. sometimes uh carmen we um, get a little sloppy in our mm -hmm. terminology mm -hmm. um, and we say it's one thing but it really is another and so when you think of prejudice just think of something that someone is prejudging another based on uh, either a stereotype or external uh, view of the individual mm -hmm. uh, but it's judging without uh, a complete knowledge um, and the knowledge that you do have sometimes is uh, uh, terribly inaccurate mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. the bigotry when you think of bigotry just think of intolerance you know uh, you have an intolerance for anybody that does not have an opinion like yours or look like mm. you or mm. have a culture the same as yours and so yes. I, I always think of intolerance when I think of bigotry uh, and discrimination is taking racism prejudice bigotry and then acting upon you know whatever uh, those items are that you, yeah. you're thinking of so excluding people absolutely. or or not allowing them uh, uh, to serve on the same level as you yes. or all those different yes, things. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. And so, you know, from a, you know, if we if we think of it from a, a soul standpoint, suke, you know, it's, you know, mind, emotion, and will or head, right. heart, habits. Mm -hmm. So, you know, mm -hmm. uh, from, a, from your head, you intellectually come up with this. Then in your heart, you believe this. And then it flows to your habits that you begin to act upon these things. Mm -hmm, so it's the head, mm -hmm. the heart, and the habits yes, that become yes. involved when you get to the discrimination aspect of it. Okay, okay, wow. Very good, very good. Well, to curb the effects of racism and the like, you say that believers really have a leading role Absolutely. in reconciliation. Absolutely. Let's talk about that. How, how are we called to, for, to reconciliation? Yeah, you know, um, the great uh, command, you know, Matthew 22, you know, it says in a, in a nutshell, I'm paraphrasing, but it mm -hmm. says to love God and love people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's very hard to uh, discriminate or to have racism uh, get in the way of loving when you're trying to love somebody else. Yeah. That that puts all of that aside. It does. Um, and so, you know, we're called to love God and to love people. And that's, that's a... Uh, a command. It's not a, a request. It's a command. Mm -hmm, and so, mm -hmm. if we uh, if we want to please God, that's one of the things that we should do. And then, of course, grace. You know, um, we should extend grace to everybody. Mm -hmm, uh, God has mm -hmm. been gracious to us. Um, you know, uh, and because He has been gracious to us, we need to in turn be gracious uh, to uh, everybody else. And then we ought to, we ought to, uh, like I was saying earlier, you know, get involved with praying for people. You'd be amazed oh, yes, at, yes. Um, you know, what that'll do. You know, introduce people to Jesus Christ mm -hmm, uh, and help mm -hmm. them become uh, disciples of Jesus Christ. Yes, and that that's puts right. all of the uh, prejudice and racist, it helps to start moving it away. It will, you know, it's not a, 
uh, instant panacea. It's not an instant cure for it, but it certainly begins to chip away at it. Oh my goodness. As the Holy Spirit transforms Absolutely. us into Absolutely. the likeness of Christ, Absolutely. there is no place Absolutely. for racism or any of these other uh, arms of racism. No, you're right. Oh, wow. Well, to me, one of the very important points that you, you made uh, in the chapter is regarding the role of pastors and teachers to, to really uh, share that biblical view mm -hmm. concerning race, God's design yes. for unity and love among us. Uh, remind us of, of the way God intended uh, the the you know for all of us to be one body yes. in Christ. Yeah. So if we go all the way back to the beginning, you know, um, God created what I would call the human race, mm -hmm. and we're all a part of that one race called the human uh, race. And there are multiple uh, ethnicities, if you will, but one one race of people. Yeah. Uh, so we're all, you know, family members. We are. Know, re regardless of how we want to look at it. Yeah. Um, and of course, Adam and Eve, and then of course, you know, God uh, brought uh, Noah in, wiped out the world, and then the world was repopulated by uh, Noah, his three sons, mm -hmm. and their wives. And so we all are uh, family members. We're all are created in the image of God, the yeah. Imago Dei. Uh, we are image bearers. and. Um, uh, and so to um, treat one of God's image bearers differently than what God would treat them or how God would want us to treat them is wrong and it's a sin and it mm -hmm. displeases God. Mm -hmm. And so we have to uh, begin to realize that, you know, there is no Jew, there is no Greek, there no. is no uh, bond, there is no free, I mean, there is no slave or anything. We're all one in Christ, Amen. if you will. Amen. Uh, and that's how we have to begin to look at one another. Oh, we certainly do. Absolutely. And I think about how Christ prayed to the yes. Father yes. for that unity. Yes. For the Absolutely. unity and the love. Uh, again, that's why I just believe this issue so grieves yes. our Father. Yeah. And it should be something that, in, in my goodness, here we are in 2022 and it's still an issue. It's and, still an issue. Uh, but we must not give up. That's right. Uh, and right. continue to press on, continue conversations, uh, and really to always bring up this topic, not as a political issue. That's right. And you know, I think that's what keeps it, keeps the he healing from coming. Yes. Because when, I agree. Try, if it, when it becomes just politics and people don't want to talk about I it. I agree. And that's why I like to talk more about yes. biblical justice yes. and social justice. Amen. Because Biblical yes. justice is where our social justice should emanate anyway from. Yeah. So let's start with a conversation of biblical justice, and then, you know, we all can be on the same page. I think it satisfies a lot of uh, a different, or it should eliminate a lot of different uh, issues from people if you focus on biblical justice. Yes, yes, absolutely. And if we can get pastors on the same page, yes. Of, of speaking on this from the pulpit and, and then doing creating activities yes. uh, to bring the communities together. Absolutely. Right? I've seen some of my friends do uh, pulpit swaps, you know, yeah. where, you know, the individuals would trade places in the pulpits. Uh, a good friend of mine uh, in uh, Beaumont does that regularly with some of the uh, 
pastors from other ethnic um, groups with him. You know, they just switch pulpits. Yeah. And so it's a good way to begin to bridge the gap, you know, oh, um, yes. uh, from a church standpoint. Yes. I was just reading an article early, uh, recently, and I wish I could remember the community now, and I didn't think about it coming up today. But it speaks to your point. It's a small community of like 1,700 people. Mm they decided to tear down all the denominational walls, mm-hmm. all of the racial walls, okay. and come together to worship, come yes. together to pray. Yes. They've been doing this now for about a month, and there's revival wow. in that little I town. See it's just a beautiful about. thing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, praise yeah, the Lord. I can we see need how to see come it. about. Yeah. One of the things we do here at Grace School of Theology, yes. uh, if I might add, is Please. Um, when we uh, teach expository preaching, yes. we teach it in such a way that it's uh, applicable and uh, it's impactful to whatever ethnic group you come from. Oh, so it's not, you know, focused on white preaching or oh, black preaching yes. or Hispanic preaching, but we teach in a way um, that cuts across ethnic lines and reaches the hearts and the minds of God's people. Oh, I love that. And the habits as well. I'm glad to know that. I love that. Yes. Well, in closing, let's talk about some practical things that we can do to really practice grace in our efforts to stem racism. Yeah, so one, I think you need to have um, what I would call a biblical worldview and a biblical view of humanity. I think that's the first practical way. Um, I think also... um, you know, when you are, most people are working from home now, but you know, when you hear, um, I would just say jokes that are off color, so Mm. to speak, or Mm. uh, derogatory, stand up and say something about it, you know, and don't just let it go by. Um, When you, you know, uh, see a person that does not look like you. Don't don't be afraid to reach out and uh, and you know talk to them about Jesus. You mm-hmm. know talk to them about um, whether or not they already have a relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, so we we have to learn how to love on everybody. I've seen love really change a lot of people. You oh, know, just yes. just by showing them love, you don't have yeah. to. Um, do anything grandiose, but just by showing them love. I talked about prayer earlier. Mm -hmm. We all need to be praying for our leaders. We need to be praying for our country. We need to be praying, you know, that God opens up a door for each one of us to be a party of one to begin to bridge this gap, you know. And and while I... um, I submit that, you know, racism will always exist as long as sin does, but I do think that when we become the the um, the facilitator or the the implementer of grace, we can put a great dent in on oh, racism. Yes. Oh, I think we can yes. as well. And I have to say, I just uh, am so proud to be a part of Grace School of Theology. Amen. Because I see just how diverse oh, we are. I mean, it's, it's a picture of heaven. It at is great school of theology. Absolutely know? beautiful picture of what we're talking about. Absolutely, and it shows it's possible. Yes. Not only is it possible, it's beautiful. Absolutely, and I know it honors our Lord, and I know Absolutely. that's why He blesses the school. Right? Absolutely, it's <laughs> it's a uh, yeah. uh, you know it's yeah. a part of the fabric of Grace School of Theology. Oh, it is. It is. And may God continue to bless uh, all that we do here. 
Well, I know we just scratched the surface. Indeed. We definitely will have to revisit this topic, sure, and I'd I would love, love to. to have you come back. And, I'd love to come and back. And let's see what we can do to, to make some things happen. Sure. I I'd believe love to. we can. <laughs> so appreciate your insight. You know, may the Lord lead us to apply these truths that we've talked about today to our daily interactions with others and help us to bring peace and reconciliation in our own circles of influence. We hope today's topic has stirred your interest to get into God's Word, learn more about living by grace. And we do encourage you to get a copy of the book we've been discussing, Living by Grace. You can find it in all of our resources at gsot.edu. That's gsot.edu. So glad you've tuned in today. Please tell others about our program. And remember, the love of Christ can never be earned and can never be lost. You've been listening to Saving Grace. For more information about Grace Center for Spiritual Development or this program, visit our website at gsot.edu center or download the Grace app through your smartphone. Views expressed on this program may not always be the views of Grace School of Theology or its leadership.